amazing. I'll read you a quote from my book. This is my book, y'all. And it says, stop waiting for someone to co-sign your dreams. Start running with passion. In time, the right people who genuinely care and want to support you will fall into place. That's one quote from my reflection quote section of my book. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, 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 why, why do I always start off, hey, 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 I don't know, uh, but hey, 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 it's that time again to be on the Professor Perseverance Podcast, thank you for coming in, this program cannot go on without you, now, not to be without you, I mean, I could do it with nobody there, but <laughs> what fun is that, you know, we, we would have the good stuff going, all right, so, Thank you for coming in on the replay, whether you're coming in live. I see somebody got a peek peeking in already, and we appreciate you coming in. And so today, our guest speaker, we'll get to her in just a moment now. Remember, I'm the professor of perseverance, Dr. James Purdue. Don't take that doctor like it's a real good thing. I mean, well, it is a good thing because I did work hard for it. But don't take it as like a doctor, doctor, because I can't write out a prescription. But I can drive you to your pharmacies if you really need me to and uh, pick them up. All right. So today, our guest speaker, again, we're going to be talking about how we can build our positive self, how we can be encouraged for when things come our way unexpectedly. And so we know at the end of this little tunnel, end of this little venture, we'll be bigger, better, stronger, and be ready for the next thing that comes in our life. Our speaker, our speaker, our guest today is a speaker, motivational speaker, a visionary life coach and author. All right. She's a firecracker mindset hacker with a force to be reckoned with. All right. She's a woman that empowers others to speak up for themselves. Now that's what we need. People to speak up for themselves instead of being hidden. Don't get, don't let people abuse you and stuff. Stand up for yourself. All right. Yes, it may be challenging. Yes, it may hurt. But in the long run, she desires to encourage others to help themselves who may not have a voice. We all should have a voice for something. All right. A trailblazer who wants others to live out their dreams, goals, and visions. We have been given a, an excellent purpose in life, and we must walk it out and live it victoriously. Victoriously. There we go. Spit it out. Welcome to the show here today. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, uh, hey, in the Genesis of Morris Kemp. Come on in. Hey, Dr. James, thank you so much for having me on your platform. And I thought since you had us hyped up with the hey, hey, hey's, I wanted to meet your level of hype. There <laughs> we I'm go. I have no idea why I do that, but uh, but oh, well, I do that. So. <laughs> now, go ahead. So I'm super, super bubbly. You know me behind the scenes. We've chatted before a few times. So I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this fun conversation that you and I are getting ready to have so we can inspire and motivate all those people tuning in or listening to the replay. Coming in for the replay. And I have been on your podcast and I forgot the name of your, which is it your name or did you, I can't even remember your podcast. The name of my podcast is Gems, G-E-M-S, with Genesis Amaris Kemp. There you go. And kind of goes with, not that book, but uh, Gems and the uh, name of your book here. Yes. So the, the picture that you have up right now is my podcast cover art. And then the one that you had up before is my actual book. There we go. And it's uh, called Chocolate Drop in America... I mean, a corporate America. And then I have trouble reading a bit from the pit to the palace. Yes. There we go. I'm glad you're an author. I wish we would have more people, if nothing else, write their life story to pass it on, at least in their own family tree life 
for people. I wish I wish technology was this great. 40 years ago, my grandparents were alive, so I could have got some of their stories to put up uh, for us to pass down. And so I, I wish it was, but it wasn't. Of course, I guess I could have had them do the old handwrite everything or back then tape record their conversations maybe, but I didn't do it. <laughs> so, all right. Jesus? Yeah. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're going to share your valuable time with us and you're going to enlighten us and help us become more positive and more firecrackery mindset like you. All right. Now, the, yeah, ever since I've met you and everything, you just a bubbly, you're the pot. I mean, you're one of the most positive people I know. I mean, even I get down and out, uh, but I try to stay positive. Now, did something in life give you a little kick in the tail end to say, Hey, be positive and spread the wealth, or were you already just this all your life and you just want as many people to to, to drink the Kool-Aid from you and be as positive as well? Uh, well, life, you know, life is a roller coaster ride, y'all. There's ups and downs, highs and lows and roundabouts. And I definitely feel like I've been knocked down a few times going through depression at a young age. Um, and that came from me being a, a victim of bullying in high school. Then after I graduated high school, I got in a major car accident where my car spun around three times and hit the concrete barrier on the highway and my glasses flew off my face. It shut down the highway. People were saying that it was a miracle that I survived. And luckily I had a seatbelt on. I was driving a, I think it was a 2005 or 2007 Toyota Corolla. It was completely totaled. Um, went to therapy for three months afterwards. It was nothing but the grace of God, or for those of you who don't believe the universe, or those of you who be, believe in the woohoos, um, I'm spiritual and I'm religious. So I uh, and, speak it then, speak it. We, we don't hold back on the religious stuff just because we're podcasting. I mean, if that's what leads you, then you just speak it. Don't worry about it here. We, we're not here to step on people's toes, but I'm not going to condemn them or whatever they believe into, whether it's a banana splits or whatever it is. I won't condemn them, and I would hope they would be respectful enough not to condemn you or me uh, during this as well. So, yeah, speak it. Don't hold back. Awesome. Thank you so much for the grace and letting me know up front. And then um, last year, another thing that hit me hard was losing my dad. You know, my dad was like my best friend and, you know, we did everything together and I was hands down a daddy's girl. But you know what? I had to learn not to be selfish, but be selfless and learn that, you know, my dad was in pain whenever he went through medical negligence to go from walking to being in a wheelchair and, you know, having me and my mother and my husband have to take care of him and et cetera. I never know, you know, what he was feeling, but I was praying for healing and maybe he was just praying for peace or his time to be released. Then um, lost my job in oil and gas working for a fortune 500 company. So going from making X amount of dollars to $0 um, that rocks you. And then, in August this year, losing my grandmother, nine months and five days apart from losing my dad. Then the other blow I recently um, was dealt with, my cousin was diagnosed with adult T-cell leukemia lymphoma, and she's only 37 years old, never been married, doesn't have any kids, and it was the same exact type of cancer my aunt had who passed away in the 90s. So that's another blow. But, you know, I look at life and I say things happen to us, but they also happen for us. So we could be strengthened. So we could talk about our stories of resilience, of grit, of tenacity, and just really helps other people that are going through things because we think about what we're dealing with. But there's always someone on the other side of the world that's going through worse than what you're dealing with. And it's not to compare yourself to them or anything like that. It's just putting things in a different perspective, having a new vantage point and a new focal point and really asking yourself, is it really that bad? 
or can I take these situations and learn the lesson? Because there's always a lesson to be learned. There's always a mess in the message and there's always a test in the testimony. There we go. I love that. Good job. Hey, that was awesome. I love how you weaved all that together. So, yes, yeah, so we're we're here. We're going to be tested. I don't care what people say. I don't care how the blessed your life you may think you have all your life, but one day something's going to happen. And, you know, unfortunately, some people seem to get it more than others for whatever reason. Um, I mean, yeah, and, and there's you, you got to learn from it. I mean, to ignore it and whimper and cry about it and then try to move on may not help you if you don't understand why it happened and what you can do from it. And I, I believe we're here on, on, on this big ball of dirt uh, is to help one another. So uh, if I could do something that's going to, you know, that someone could learn from me, they can help them get through a situation. I think that's what we should be doing. So. Uh, again, to help to help one another. Like, uh, for example, um, I mean, mowing mowing an elderly person's grass. Now, I can't go out and mow it because I'm in a wheelchair, but it doesn't mean I can't call someone else and get them in contact to go take over for me if they they need to. Uh, but uh, I think we I think we should be helping as much as possible. And it's not just financially mowing a yard, whatever. Again, it's building us up positively, mentally, emotionally stronger to be ready for the next trauma, disaster, mistake that comes along. So then we can be educated and strong enough to help the next person behind us. I wholeheartedly agree because it takes all of us. And one of the things I like to say, James, is united we stand and divided we fall. No matter you know what your race is, your ethnicity, your background, your religion, your creed or whatever, at the end of the day, we are all human beings, no matter how we look or where we came from. So why can't we just see people um, for human beings and get back to humanity? Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Let's, especially nowadays, there's a lot of racist stuff going on everywhere, and everybody's calling everybody racist over just because they don't agree. Get back to the old. If you don't agree with each other, then agree to disagree, but respect each other on everything. You know, I'm sorry you don't believe and believe what I'm saying, okay? But but I respect what you're saying. But uh, too many people they want to jump in, and want to fight, and do everything else. I. And maybe because I'm in a wheelchair and I don't want to fight. Maybe that's my mind thinking is because anybody hits me, I'm down and out anyway. And so maybe that uh, maybe that's one thing I had to learn being in the wheelchair is, is I know one thing that I had to learn being in this wheelchair is to be patient. And, and also for me to be grateful enough and to swallow my sinful pride to ask for help. Because I was one of them. I had to go do everything. And I would try and try and try and try and try and try and try while I'm in the wheelchair. And by the time I got something done, it took me 45 minutes and I'm wore out. If I'd asked mm -hmm. for help, we'd have been done in three minutes. And I'd had my strength to do something else later on. So that's one thing I had to learn is patience and, and ask for help. And I like that you said that, James, because every time I talk to you, it's like I get a little bit more closer as well as I get closure with my dad's situation because he was just a lot like you. Like, you know, he didn't want to necessarily depend on my mother and me as well as my husband because he was independent. He was a grandpa that would go play with all the grandkids. He drove my mom everywhere. She doesn't know how to drive, but she's learning now because, you know, um, her husband's gone. He cooked, cleaned, did whatever. And the fact that, you know, he got paralyzed from the waist down and he had to rely on somebody to take care of him. He had to learn patience because he couldn't just hop out of bed and do things himself. But that also does something um, to a man who goes from being able to, you know, walk and do all types of things for himself to being in a wheelchair and having to rely on other people. And every time you talk about your story, you know, it. I could relate because I dealt with it, not um, not personally, but I dealt with it with my father. And I could see from your eyes and uh, as well as from the eyes of my father when I was his caregiver. Yeah, with your dad, and I would have loved to have met and talked with him uh, because 
Well, one thing I think we would agree with, and you mentioned this while I'm saying it, is because for him used to be man to do everything and want to help everybody and be the one in control to be able to do. And then you're having to depend on people to help. That's a hard pill to swallow. And so, you know, my, my father died when I was 16. So I had to be the man of the family at 16. And then when I went down three years later and then having to depend on people, yeah, that's a big pill, bitter pill to swallow. But one thing that I go and try to teach other people, I try to teach the ABCs to them. All right. ABCs, Genesis. All you got to do is you think of Michael Jackson when he sung ABC. He goes, ABC. One, two, three. <laughs> yes. Yeah, ABC. He never went past C, did he? It's always ABC. One, two, three. ABC. So it's all we need to know is ABC for this. A, if we can accept our adversity, we can move and, and heal quicker. The quicker we can accept it, the quicker we can heal. All right. And um, B, I say we need to begin battling. That's when we need to find a support system, find other people who's been through what we've been through. Okay. Then once we have built this support system and begin battling, now let's see, conquer the challenges. And so now we've been educated. We've got this support group now. Let's go and tear it all up and have a good life. And I like those ABCs. So say that one more time, James, because I want to let that marinate in. (laughs) Uh, A, B, C, okay? We don't have to sing like Michael Jackson again, but A, B, C, just A is uh, accept the adversity because Mm -hmm. the sooner you can accept it, the quicker you can start healing. B, begin battling. That's when you get your support group and get the information you can get on what you're going through. And then C, once we got all that information, support group, then C, conquer the challenges. Mm. and then move on and have the best life possible. I appreciate you letting me do this uh, because this is your platform and you're letting me, I appreciate you doing that. Thank you. Because it goes along with my story because if we accept the adversity, if you ask me, Genesis, what are some of your adversities? Losing my dad at 29 years old, losing my income from the Fortune 500 company, losing my grandmother, being a victim of bullying, going through depression at a young age, those are all adversities. Then if you think about begin the battle, what have I done to begin my battle? I started podcasting on other people's shows to talk about my book and spread the awareness for diversity, equity, and inclusion, plus equality. I started my own podcast last year. And so I've had my one year anniversary, which was Thanksgiving. Congratulations. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving and happy (laughs) one year anniversary podcasting. Thank you. I started connecting with like-minded people like yourself, Dr. James, and other people worldwide that I wouldn't have been, you know, afforded the ability to connect with. But thankfully, you know, this pandemic, it brought a lot of people closer together. Yes, it sucked dealing with certain aspects, but the pro is... A lot of people was forced to be in their homes. So what did they start doing? They started podcasting. They started, you know, Zooming. You could Zoom all over the globe and connect with, you know, so many influential people. Then how do I conquer my challenges? I conquer my challenges by being authentically me, being Genesis Amaris Kemp, by having self-reflection, because sometimes we have to look ourselves in the mirror and ask ourselves those hard questions overcome the ugly truths and know that it's okay to mess up. It's okay to have slips, trips, and falls. If you get knocked down, don't stay down, get back up. How else have I conquered my challenges? Asking questions. If I don't know something, find somebody who does. Ask for, you know, a formal mentor or informal mentor, or I had to hire a coach. It wasn't, have I made the money back yet that I spent on my coach in my business? No, but was it an investment? Heck yes, because I learned more. Investment in yourself. Yes, I learned more about me personally, professionally, and I grew. 
mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, because I took my feet off the gas and I hit the brake so I could really see things from a different vantage point. And I could have somebody who has already been where I am and has surpassed that to help me because I don't know it all, but I'm here to learn, I'm here to grow, and I'm here to be a connector and connect with other people. And if I impact one person, then I've done my job because I don't know who that one person is going to go on and impact. And you have that domino and ripple effect. And that's why, um, James, I wanted you to really recite those ABCs, not just for me, but for the audience so we can marinate it. And I could talk about how those ABCs are prevalent in my life today. And it's a journey. Life is not always going to be easy, but life is what you make it. And if you have a vision of optimism, so you have that vision where you see things clear, clearer, where you don't just look at the glass half full, but you try to imagine beyond that, then things will start to go your way. And one of the other coaches that I'm connecting with, she's like, sometimes you have to name your egos. So one, my negative ego is negative Nancy. My positive ego is positive Patty. So sometimes I have to tell negative Nancy, sit down and shut the blank up because That's positive right. Patty is here to stay and has something important. That's right. And uh, I was talking with a gentleman just about this yesterday on a podcast about the same time yesterday that um, we are naturally, naturally, instinctively negative. All right. How do I know that? I don't have any children, but I was a baby once. And I know from experience, not but I remember when I was a baby, but watching other babies, that when I want some attention, what do I do? I whine and cry until I get attention. When I'm hungry, what do I do? I whine and cry until I get fed. When I want to be cleaned, what do I do? I whine and cry. So we, we instinctively learn that if we do something negative, we're going to get something positive. And so now as we get older, we got to retrain our mind to get negative Nancy out of control and put positive Patty in control. And sometimes negative Nancy will pop in there and stay longer than we want. But then it's up to us again to have positive Patty get in there and kick negative Nancy out of the picture for a while. Yes, because that's the way that we are going to overcome, you know, the battlefield of our mind. And that is actually a book by Joyce Meyer called The Battlefield of Our Mind. Because what are we dealing with in our mind? We're dealing with good thoughts versus bad thoughts, positive versus negative, evil versus good. There's so many thoughts that pop into our head on a daily basis and a constant basis, you have to be mindful of what type of thoughts are you entertaining? And when you're entertaining those thoughts, why are you entertaining them? Is it making you better or is it making you worse? Is it going to help you personally or is it going to help you professionally? Is it going to get you to the next level or is it going to cause you to retreat? And if you think about the, uh, the car analogy, the rear view mirror is always smaller than the windshield because your past is your past. You can't go back and rewrite that past, but you can look out in front of you through your big, clear windshield and focus on the race up ahead. Focus on the destination that you are trying to reach. Focus on you achieving your goals. But if you get too busy looking to the left or the right, you can easily swerve into another lane and have an accident because you were too busy taking your eyes off of what's in front of you and looking at what's to the left or the right or behind you. And then before you know it, boom, crash because you were distracted. Yeah, there was a uh, image I saw one time where a farmer, a farmer kept, you know, had his plow in front of him, but he kept looking behind him to make sure his 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 plowing is straight. And he kept looking behind him, kept looking behind him, and then when he got done, it was a snake <laughs> because he kept looking both ways and kept turning the the tiller, and so so that he's learned, you know, then the focus straight ahead, and then the plowing would be straight as well. And so, and I appreciate it. So when you talk about the past as a past, I wrote a book, 
came out here earlier this year and it's called your past doesn't have a future, but you do. So create your future today. So, so me, we are like-minded right here. Look at this. We're talking about the same things. So, Hey, now let me ask you a question here. What do you think about this? And, um, then I'll, I'll explain how I come up with it. But what do you think about this? Uh, do you think we go through some experience, whether it's directly us or someone next to us, close to us, family member, close friend, or directly to us to prepare us for what's coming years ahead of us? Maybe I not tomorrow, maybe not next week, but it may be 20, 30 years ahead of us. Do you think that we go through something that's going to prepare us for that? Or do you think it just, boom, it just happens? I think we go through things that prepare us for what's ahead. But then I also think that sometimes we're thrown curveballs where something just happens out of the blue to see how are we going to react to that situation? Are we going to react in a positive or are we going to react in a negative? And then as far as thinking about the other way, our generations to come in our lineage, sometimes when we go through certain situations, we may not understand why it's happening to us until we graduate from that season. And I mean that metaphorically, like for example, my aunt, she went through leukemia and she passed, but we knew that, you know, back then in the nineties, one way to overcome it was bone marrow fast forwarding here we are with my cousin who was who who is her daughter 37 years old going through the same thing but we've already had a glimpse of what my aunt went through so that prepared us for what my cousin is going through has medicine changed yes we have advanced technology now have other things tr transitioned and transformed since then yes but we still have the ability to be passionate compassionate, empathetic, and et cetera, because we dealt with that with her mother. Now think about it this way. If I want to talk about it professionally, did I go through a layoff? Yes. Did other people go through a layoff in the pandemic? Yes. Have I been able to have conversations with other people like me who was laid off of their company, uh, laid off from their company, their source of income was taken, and now they're relying on either unemployment, they're relying on their spouse, or they're having to scale back. Yes, but because I went through that, I'm able to speak to them from that place. Because I went from dual careers, meaning my husband and I both work, making a certain number of money. Now I'm relying on my husband's income. So I could talk to, you know, that other spouse who was laid off, who is now trying to get back in the workforce, or maybe they want to start their own business because they realize their self-worth and they realize the skills that they had. And now those skills could be monetized because people are coming to them for those services, but they didn't see it because they had their blinders on when they were working, fueling someone else's business and building up their empire and their legacy whenever their own legacy was withering and dying because they were too afraid to step outside the box. Amen. We, we, we have said this before that we are our own self-destructors. You know, we want to blame it on other people. Well, my, my wife didn't believe I can do it. So I didn't try. My brother said, you're wasting your time. You're going to fail. No. We're the ultimate final decision whether we're going to do whatever, okay? And but we, yeah, we can't just sit there and blame everyone else. You know, we we self destruct more than anything that it causes around us from there. So, um, now I, I, yeah, I agree with you. Sometimes we just get a curveball thrown to us, and it just out of the, and it just life happens. You know, mm -hmm. and we had no control in it. We had nothing to do about it. But we are the we are the beneficiary, good or bad, of what happens uh, from yeah. there. So I agree. But there, I, I'm going to like you. I agree. There are some things that happens, and it helps us prepare for years to come. Okay. So I believe that. Now, let me go back and ask this question here. You mentioned about the half glass full and everything. We know that's for, you know, these these um, psychologists, psychiatrists want to test people's positivity or negativity. They put the half glass water right there. And then if it's half full, half empty, whatever, then they want to diagnose you with everything else. So 
my I, I have learned this from because I yeah, I taught science before I got into doing all this uh, stuff, and so I taught science. I've come to the conclusion now when if they put the half glass of full or empty, however you want to put it, on the water table, I have determined. There it is. I have determined that it's not half full. It's not half empty. It is abundantly overflowing full. Now, why do I mean by that? It depends what you're looking at in life. Are you looking at just the water only? Or are you looking at the whole picture? Because if you're looking at the water only, now you only have two decisions, half full or half empty. If you're looking at the whole picture big, you got half water, but they but what's inside the bottle? People say nothing. No, it's full of air. And that air is overflowing out of the bottle into uh, uh, outside. So it depends on how we're looking at everything, how they go. So I, I want I want to direct that to one of uh, a psychologist one day. I want to go talk to him and and, and then let him ask me that. I want I want to tell him that. <laughs> you should. That sounds like your next guest, uh, James. You should reach out to a psychologist, whether it's on podmatch.com or it's matchmaker.fm or wherever. Just reach out and just say, hey, I would love to interview you, see things from your vantage point, as well as share mine and engage in a fluid conversation. And discuss if the glass is half full or half empty. So. And I, I chuckled because before I changed my major, I was actually a psychology major for two there years. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, hey, now let's go to this one here now. And and I had to learn. I learned this. Like you said, we should be learning a lesson in whatever we go through. And I learned this lesson the hard way. And I've never run from it. I never hid from it. And I I don't know if I've ever told you and talked with you, but I attempted suicide three times in three days. That's how bad I wanted out. And the third day they found me in my van in my garage with the van running, sucking carbon monoxide. Okay. And they said the people family said I wasn't breathing. They said they didn't know CPR. So they were smacking me in the face and they called 911 and people that, that revived me told 911, uh, the 911 people told them, uh, that the EMT told him that probably 10 more minutes I would have been dead. And um, so they put me in the hospital in that hyperbaric chamber to force the carbon monoxide out of my body and the oxygen into my body. And then I was in the hospital for seven weeks. And then I tell this in a kind of funny way. You know, I tell people, say because I want to like when I tell this story, I'm going to lighten the, the mood a little bit because people get all serious about the suicide. And I go, you know, when you live through a suicide attempt, they make you see a psychiatrist. They make you see a psychologist. And so I had to see one for, for a year uh, for that. Okay. Now, here's what I'm getting to. Here's what I'm getting to. I've learned the hard way through that experience that we have to exercise our mind as much as physically exercise our muscles. All right. Because what had happened is I got so much built on me that I could, I didn't feel like I could talk to my mom, my brothers, because I didn't want them overwhelmed about me, worrying about me. And I couldn't talk where I was teaching, that's for sure, about what things were going on and them concerned. So I bottled everything up until I decided it just wasn't worth it. And so, um, uh, yeah, so I've I really come to the conclusion. Yeah. But before then, also, uh, uh, you know, this old stigma of me growing up, the old stigma is if you saw a psychiatrist, psychologist, people just thought you were just crazy. All right. It, it, it wasn't. I mean, they're whispering, James is saying psychiatrist, man, he's crazy, you know. And so but the, what I've learned and that's when I was a kid, not as an adult here and that. But, yeah, we should be talking to someone, whether it's a psychologist, psychiatrist, spouse, best friend, preacher. Somebody over the telephone, we don't know and we lie to them about our name, but we spill our guts out. We should be able to open up to somebody to relieve some stress and overwhelming thoughts and strengthen our mind. Again, as much as we strengthen our muscles. Wow, that was a lot to unpack and digest I, there. I feel like I owe you, I feel like I owe you $100 for a therapy session. No, no, no. Um, 
But if you want, my Venmo and Cash App is always open. <laughs> but, um, I hear you. <laughs> that was a lot to unpack because, you know, there was a reason why each attempt didn't go through because there was a purpose why you needed to be here. Not just talking to me, but talking to all your incredible guests that you've had on the podcast and the people that you've encountered throughout your life. And the third time when they found you and they said it was 10 minutes up until you could have died, it was like a divine intervention and a divine connection because the fact that they didn't know CPR, but they were slapping you around, but they got you the help that you needed. And when you mentioned going through the hyperbaric chamber. I've seen those things. We have them here in Texas, but in Austin, which is like some people call it the woo-woo city, or they say keep Austin weird. And I wanted to try it at this health spa place I went to because I did chirotherapy, which is you go in the freezing chamber below negative degrees or whatnot. And I was Mm -hmm. like, ooh, I want to try that chamber. But um, the fact that you went through that, had to stay in the hospital for seven weeks, it also shows that sometimes you need to just unplug from people in order to plug into yourself and feed yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally and get away from the negativity because you mentioned bottling everything up inside. And I felt like that, James, not to the point where I had suicide attempts, but I felt like that when my father passed because no one really knew how I was feeling. And I kept getting upset and triggered when people said, oh, I know how you're feeling. No, you don't. Because you still have your mother and your father. You don't know how I'm feeling to have to see your father end up in a wheelchair where you're changing his diaper and you're being his caregiver when he did anything for everybody and me and my family. You don't know how that feels. You don't know how it feels to be a caregiver. You don't know how it feels for my father to lose his quality of life in a sense. You don't know. And then to find out that it was due to medical negligence that my father passed because it came out that, you know, one of the hospitals gave my father the wrong medication. They told it, one of the doctors told it to my dad. I'm like, could that have led to my dad having that stroke where that stroke went undetected and unnoticed where he could have, you know, went to a rehab facility that rehabilitated him versus going to another facility that was a so-called rehab where he got worse and had to go back to the hospital, had to have emergency neck surgery, had to have a had to go through all types of things to getting a bed sore, to getting sepsis and passing. It was a lot for him to go through and for me and my mother to go through as caregivers. And for you to sit there and look me in the eye and tell me, you know how I feel, you don't. So the best way that I could do was to just stop talking to people because I had people who are in the medical industry in my family saying one thing, but you weren't the ones in the hospital room with my dad. You didn't see what I what I saw, especially in the height of the pandemic where people thought, oh, COVID, yes, COVID was important, but you had more precedent and concern for those battling COVID than you have for someone who went into the hospital like my dad with his blood sugar levels being elevated and all he needed was a few insulins and an IV drip to regulate him. But three days later, he's paralyzed from the waist down. You don't know what I went through, but, and I'm not angry, I'm not bitter, so I don't need you to assume. I'm grateful that it happened because now I can help other people who are going through a similar situation. And I learned how to be a patient advocate, not just for my dad, but for anyone who may need my help later on, because I know what it's like going up against medical providers. I know what it's like to talk for the voiceless. I know what it's like. And sometimes the best thing that I knew how to do, James, during that time, instead of bottling everything up, which I did for a period I just opened the mic and I talked into my phone and my phone and my podcast, literally same phone was my saving grace where I could just talk into the mic and breathe freely without any judgment, without any condemnation. And if it resonated with someone, cool beans, I've done my part. But for me to outwardly tell my family members and my friends who kept giving me their version of how I should feel and how I should deal with grief. No, I wasn't going to do that because I did that and it didn't work. I understand there's some people, I say some, a lot of people 
they're trying to help. But sometimes the best help they can get is just shut up. <laughs> and I'm serious about that. Just stay quiet, hold their hand, give them a hug, walk away. I mean, sometimes saying stuff just causes more problems than you're trying to than helping it, period. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand people like the, you're talking about. So, all right, now, Genesis, let me uh, I'm gonna get ready to wrap this up in here in a minute. But um, if you give us like uh, two two tips to help people, maybe three tips to help people get on this positive path, what would you tell them to start with and how to train to do this? Number one, positive self-talk. Talk to yourself in a positive manner and recite your daily affirmations. What are all the things that you enjoy about yourself? And here's an example. I am love. I'm intelligent. I'm smart. I'm beautiful. I'm saucy. I'm sexy. I'm healthy, whole, well. I am gifted. I'm anointed. I am blessed. I'm prosperous. I am complete. I am enough. I am all that I was created to be. I am a masterpiece. I was created on purpose for a purpose, and I am going to walk in who I am, not what the world wants me to be, but I know who I am and I know whose I am for those of you that are religious and I know what my mission is. So have that positive self-talk, those daily affirmations and do it in the mirror so you can look yourself in the mirror and see yourself recite, reciting the positive things about yourself and then reflect on it. Then for those of you who are journalers, Write it down in a journal and start a daily journal so you can look back on your progress. Because if you don't have anything to measure up against, then how are you going to know that you've started to um, crack away those hard layers and those shells? The second tip I would encourage you to do is know who is a part of your tribe. Sometimes we surround ourselves with people who were never meant to be permanent. They were meant to be seasonal, meaning they came into our life for a specific reason to either teach us something, to stretch us, or to help us grow, or to help us grow in a particular reason. But we try to hold on to those seasonal people for a lifetime. And once that assignment is up, we've grown apart, but we're just fighting and fighting and fighting to be with that individual when in actuality that individual they're growing in a different area and we're growing in another area and it's no discount dis discredit or discourse to that individual it's we've just grown apart and we met each other at the intersection where we helped each other but now that we helped each other it's time for us to spread our wings and fly and soar like an eagle so that was number two Know who your tribe is. And is your tribe the type of people that will see you when you're down and out and encourage you and will see you when you're on the pedal stool and still encourage you? Are they there in the good times and the bad times? Are they there to call you out on your BS and tell you your breath stinks or that outfit doesn't look good because they see who you are and they see the potential in you? Just as much as you pour into them, they need to pour back into you. It's a mutual um, relationship and it's beneficial. Iron sharpens iron. The third tip I would like to say, now that we've uncovered self-talk, We've uncovered, know who your tribe is. The other part is self-care. Make sure you take time for yourself. What does that look like? Working out, having a spa day. If you're a female, males do it too. Get a pedicure, unplug, reading a book, watching a movie, singing dancing. What is it that you like to do that brings you happiness, joy, peace, and just warms you up? Do you need to take a nap? I love taking naps. And no, I don't have any kids right now, but hopefully soon. A 30-minute to an hour 
hour nap a day is amazing if I get that in. And sometimes I schedule that on my calendar to let people know who have access to my calendar. This is Genesis self-care and she's going to be busy during this time. Some days after I work out, I like to take a really good detox bath, which is two cups Epsom salt, two one to two cups apple cider vinegar, and I soak in it for 30 minutes. It helps my muscles relax. And I just close my eyes and you know visualize, or I listen to a podcast, or I listen to something that is edifying me because it's my time. If I'm too busy giving my time away to everyone and anything else, and I don't make time for myself, then I'm going to fall off by the wayside. And I'll leave you with this analogy. For those of you who like to travel via air, when you're on the airplane, they tell you during the safety talk, in the incident of an emergency, make sure you put on your mask first so you can inhale the oxygen before you put on someone else's mask. Meaning, if you don't put on your mask and get the oxygen in the state of an emergency, how are you going to help somebody else? Exactly. Uh, I was going to say with uh, everything else, again, we mentioned the mental and the physical, everything's got to be balanced, that if you can't take care of yourself, how are you expected to help other people? Yeah, so let's just recap the top three tips. Self-talk, make sure you have that positive self-talk. Two, know who your tribe is. And sometimes I like to call them roof tiers. And for those of you who are walking in the vein of um, spirituality or you know a bit about the Bible, there was a paralyzed man and he couldn't get through the room to get to Jesus. But his friend saw his need and they climbed upon the roof and they tore a hole in it and lowered their friend down so he could get healing. And because Jesus saw their faith, he healed their um, that person's friends, too, even though their friends weren't there for healing. They were there for their friend. So do you have those roof tears in your life who will mention your names in rooms that you haven't even walked into, who would stand up for you whenever you're not there, or who would just be that person that sees you for who you are and not what you can do for them? And number three, self-care is the best care. There we go. John Bentley, thank you for coming in. He says, yes, put me first to be there for others. Thank you for the reminder, Genesis. So thank you, John Bentley, for coming in. John Bentley is a good one. John Bentley, we're going to get you on this podcast one day. We're going to discuss that uh, you are a gift. So we can get that out and help you out with your your purpose that you found, found your purpose. So we're going to discuss your booking, your program that you're developing. All right. um, All right, Genesis, we've. Appreciate you being on here. We've had, I've had a good old time here. I've learned some stuff from you and um, I got, again, uh, I use you as my therapist. And so I got to open up a little bit and uh, probably more than I should have on some things, but uh, the who will, who cares? So, all right. Uh, so if you can take a, a time here and go ahead and give your social media and uh, how people can find you and how they might be able to contact you and maybe you can coach them, be a life life coach with them and help them out. Yes. And thank you so much, um, Dr. James. I am on Instagram and Facebook at Genesis Amaris Kemp, like my name down below in the green. For those of you on Clubhouse, I'm on there as Genesis A Kemp. I also have a Twitter, Genesis A as an alpha Kemp. And for those of you who want to find all my information, I have a handy dandy briefcase, which is a one shop, one tap, one app, which is the hello.llc backslash Genesis Amaris Camp. You'll find my contact information, my book link for Chocolate Drop in Corporate America from the pit to the palace, where I'm talking about my journey in oil and gas and really fighting for diversity, equity, and inclusion. You'll find the podcast that James and I did when he was on 
my platform, Gems Podcast, as well as some of the other things I'm doing. I would love to coach you and guide you along. At the end of the day, we're in this together and we're all on this roller coaster ride called life. And just because you may be in a down moment does not mean the pendulum is not going to swing so you could get in that up moment. So just be positive and tell negative Nancy to sit down and shut the fudge up because positive Patty is here to stay and has something amazing to share. Each one of you is a masterpiece. I believe in you. James believes in you. And we're here having these intersectional conversations to make this world a better place. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you coming on again. And uh, we picked up uh Picked up some good, some good uh, bits of nuggets here to help out and everything. Now, if you can just, uh, you, you probably already did it here in the last last little segment here, but uh, leave us with a positive message because we know that people are struggling, people are hurting, and if you can just leave leave us with a positive message to help them get through today, Jesus, that's going to be a blessing for all of us. Amazing! I'll read you a quote from my book. This is my book, y'all, and it says. Stop waiting for someone to co-sign your dreams. Start running with passion. In time, the right people who genuinely care and want to support you will fall into place. That's one quote from my reflection quote section of my book. And I'll take the links to your social media and your book, and I'll definitely put them in the show notes and stuff for help the people that are coming in to click on them, to find them. And for the others, again, I tell you, if you um, uh, listening and whatnot, then the Google Genesis Amaris Kemp, and she'll come up here to you and basically face to face with you. So do the old Google search. I tell people. Amazing, and thank you so much, James. I did put um, my contact information in the private chat, and if you're missing anything, let me know, and I can email it to you. And for those of you who want to get in contact with me, make sure you click on my information in the show notes and hit me up. Let's do life together. All right, appreciate it again. Hey, John Bentley, thank you for coming in. We'll get with you again to discuss that you are a gift and go from there. For everyone else coming in on the replay, be sure to share this out. You know someone's hurting, someone's struggling. Somebody needs a big positive uplift, and Genesis is one that's going to help you do that. So everybody else do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.